Okay, just, just come look out of this window here, Hayden. What you're looking down on there is a building site that we've now owned for a number of years on which we're going to put the best women's hospital probably this country's seen. Sheffield's consortium would consist of pharmaceutical giants Bayer, a catering company and a host of other interested parties. The Trust hopes that the deal will bring a bigger, better pathology lab, higher standards in the kitchens and a cheaper, more efficient service. And they hope it will allow them to treat even more patients. Well, the building itself may cost more, but a, the package of services that go with that building will save us money because we were looking for a, a better price, a better quality of service from those services, which they will operate more effectively, arguably, and they have access to capital to keep the facilities good. In practice, trusts identify their future needs, perhaps a new clinic, a canteen or a car park. They then go to a central government-appointed company. They act as a broker between the hospitals and industry. Suitable consortium members, or rather companies, are then chosen. They agree to meet the hospital's long-term needs in return for tailor-made trading agreements. But here in Sheffield, some of the staff say that such a prescription isn't what the doctor ordered. The next stage in the campaign is going to be uh, another leaflet drop to try and inform both the patients and the public about what's happening to the hospital. Kay Barker of the Hospital Workers' Union, Unison, is one of those campaigning against the scheme. Professor John Ward is a consultant who's also worried. Can you imagine a major financial corporation putting money into a hospital building and then saying that they do not wish to have a major part in the way that building is run? And if it's a clinical building, the decisions on how to run it should be managerial and clinical within the health service. And I just cannot imagine how commercial influence will not come into what should be purely clinical judgments. Dave Hutchinson, we're in the pathology lab at the minute. Now, you're the man who's in charge of the unit at the moment. So what's actually going on here? We're testing blood samples on our main haematology analyzers. These uh, results from these machines will go down to our outpatient clinics at the moment. They'll then be used to treat the patients who can then get straight off home. Bayer and everybody else in the consortium is saying that this unit is being run very well. They don't need to cut any jobs or whatever. So what's your problem with it? We believe that once Bayer have got control of the laboratory, that they will effectively force us to buy Bayer equipment, to use Bayer consumables, and to basically pay for Bayer expertise, such as management services, service contracts, and so on. One of the consortium's most famous members is the international pharmaceuticals and electrical company Bayer. They say that such staff fears are ill-founded. Their spokesman is Tony Humphrey. It's very much a, a, a PR statement, uh, I think. I think we're there to you know, promote the, the name of Bayer and, as I say, to use some of our expertise to help develop the pathology services at the Royal Hampshire. What do you say, though, to the people at the pathology centre who say, well, they're a bit concerned because unless you've got Bayer equipment in the lab, how can your salesman go across Britain or the world to say, you know, buy our equipment, it's the best, it's good, when your own laboratory won't even be using it? Obviously, Bayer hope to provide the systems within the pathology department, but that will be based on the uh, technical and economic requirements of the laboratory, and those decisions will be made as they are at present in consultation with the consultant pathologists and the technical staff. What do you say to the argument by some of the people at the lab that your salesmen will be humiliated unless they take 
bear equipment in that lab because ultimately that's your PR, that's your, your statement of quality. If our equipment is not technically and economically correct for the particular application that is required, then we would not expect the Hallamshire Hospital to use our equipment. On the hospital's wards and corridors, patients and visitors appear resigned to the proposals. I took Hallamshire's Trust Deputy Chief Executive, Chris Lineker, to meet his clients. The first person we saw was visiting his sick mother. It seems to be the, the private industry trying to think, well, here's a hole in the, in the market where we can uh, make something out of it. And to me, I don't think that's a good idea. What do you say to that? I think that's a, an understandable caution that must be in the public's minds, and it's down to people like me to make sure that doesn't happen. There isn't enough money in the hospital at the moment. I mean, it's proved my father's been waiting for a bed for like six months. I feel that uh, it might be a better service. That's not really the direction I'd like to see them moving in, but I suppose from a practical point of view, it's a way of getting around not being enough money, I suppose. Are you convinced that he is not just going to be, if you like, floored by all these very rich companies saying, OK, we're going to fill your laboratories with our chemicals, your medicine cabinets with our pills, yeah. and the, you know, the lunch boxes with our sausage rolls? My suspicion is for the next few years, the first few years, it probably is easy to control it to some way, but 25 years down the line, whether you still have the control over it, I'm not too sure. Good morning. Why don't you come and sit down and I'll just get your notes here. Professor John Ward doesn't see the plans as a way of improving services, although he does acknowledge that the private sector could bring valuable skills to the hospital. Well, I understand that, and I totally accept that in a big hospital setting such as ours, centralised laboratories, skills of organisation are very important, and maybe the health service has been slow to move towards that. But why can't we do it for ourselves? Any major profit that can be made from reorganising our centralised laboratory services surely should stay with the health service. And Unison's Kay Barker remains unconvinced. She warns of long-term danger if the trust does a deal with the private sector. Ten years ago, people used to get three hot meals a day. Now they get cereals and a cake in the morning with a coffee, they get a hot meal at dinner time, and they get sandwiches for tea. What worries us is the provision that they've got at the moment for at least one hot meal a day will become an optional extra, and that that will be provided by the consortium, and the NHS provision will be nothing. But all these fears are discounted by Mike O'Brien, who runs the company which liaises between the NHS and private industry. All the contracts are drawn up properly by lawyers. The NHS's position is very carefully protected and we and our contractors are not able to just uh, make random decisions to put up prices or, or, or reduce services. They are very carefully organised and um, we operate on an open book basis so that all our costs and so forth are available to the NHS to see and, and to understand what we're doing with their resources. If all this is true, surely really what's being said is that the National Health Service can't do the best for the British public, that they can't do the best for the patient and that outside sources are required. No, because it's not a reflection on the NHS as such. It's, 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 it's a reflection on the fact that the, the government has limited the amount of public capital that they're prepared to put into the provision of new buildings, but they have allowed the NHS to use private capital to provide new buildings. So we are basically providing the capital in the buildings to the NHS, and the NHS then takes on the responsibility, as it always has done, for all clinical aspects of what they do. So far, over 60 hospitals are seeking consortium help, and that's a figure that worries the chairman of the British Medical Association, Dr Sandy Makara. Unless the public sector, unless the NHS, 
is less efficient than the private sector, of which clearly it is not, if anything, more efficient, um, then we're either going to spend 20 to 25% more for the capital development, the new hospital or the new lab or whatever, or we're going to get 20 to 25% less for our money. Now, that just doesn't seem to me to be very clever. If this carries on, what state do you think the health service will be in in 10, 20 years' time? It will, as I've indicated, mean that we'll get less value for the public money. Now, that means the health service will be able to do less than it otherwise would be able to do. Narhat represents the country's hospitals and trusts. They say that as the government believes that private initiatives are the best way to maintain and improve NHS care, hospitals will increasingly seek private involvement. Philip Hunt is the organisation's head. To be frank, the traditional way of um, providing capital for the NHS hasn't proven to be particularly successful. Uh, I think that uh, we too suffered from our bureaucracy. We too suffered from the delays in putting them into place. So I think there is some advantage for actually getting private sector skills. But it has to be done on the NHS terms. It has to be done in a way in which we clearly are in the driving seat. We can ensure that private sector operators don't unduly influence the way clinical services are provided. And at the end of the day, we must make sure that we can afford the schemes.